This is the Flavor of Leadership podcast. I am your host, Clint Hoops. Together, we explore the unique blend of leadership wisdom that helps top leaders consistently achieve work goals, develop personally, and find fulfillment with family. Let's get started. Welcome back. This is episode number 11. Today, we're going to be talking about exercise, specifically exercise that you enjoy. And to talk about this today, I have brought back once again, Tyler Hoops, the white collar cyclist, who also happens to be my brother. Welcome back, Tyler. Hey, thank you. I'm excited. I wasn't sure if you invited me because I need to exercise more or just because I've messed up enough in trying different exercise programs. So anyway, regardless, excited to be here. Probably both of those, you know, we love it because Tyler, he has had many different types of exercise that he's done over the years. He's been kind of my go-to person that I call when I'm wondering about something or what to do, and it works out nicely. So Tyler, first of the year, lots of people right now are creating goals and have New Year's resolutions. Many of them are around exercise and health. Is that true for, for you at all? Yes. In fact, one of my New Year's resolutions was to keep an, a clean desk. And so yesterday, my wife helped me clean off my desk and connected to goals. I actually found my 2020 goals under a stack of papers. And I don't know if I looked at them since the day we did them last year, probably, you know, the first week of January. And I did have exercise goals then, and I intend to again this year. I probably need to keep them in front of me some way somehow. But anyway, yes, I intend to make goals this year and uh, hopefully build off of what I did or didn't do in 2020. I love it. I know a lot of that's true for me as well. I I do like to have goals in different parts of my life and health is a huge part of my life, including exercise. And one of the things that I hear people say sometimes when they're setting their New Year's resolutions and specifically ones around health, I know people have said, you know, I want to exercise and things, but you know, I just, I just hate running. You know, and and it's funny. The first thing I think is, well, then then don't run. <laughs> There's lots of things to do for exercise that don't involve running. And so, you know, Tyler, one of his big things, right, being the white collar cyclist, is cycling of all types. So, Tyler, how did how did that happen for you? You know, I started cycling. I mean, well, let's put it this way: seventh grade. I remember specifically, I was into biking all the time. But it was a necessity. That's what got me to school. It's what how I got to my friend's house, and so. I enjoyed it, and I remember just using it as you know my vehicle for transportation, but also just having a good time because we figured out mountain bike trails and started trying new things out, jumps and whatnot. I kind of hung up the bike and didn't ever touch it again for after I got my driver's license. And it wasn't probably till ten years later that I got into cycling because my brother-in-law reintroduced it to me, and it was a popular thing he was doing. and And frankly, that's why I got into it. And I think when I look at most of my hobbies over throughout my life, it's typically because an associate or, or a friend or family member, they're the ones that introduced me because it was kind of becoming a popular thing to do. And for me, not just because I wanted to stay in shape, but it was truly about finding new friends and uh, that social aspect of it. Yeah, the social aspect is is huge. I know for me, a number of years ago, I used to play basketball in the mornings, you know, for a little while. And, and it was great. It was a ton of fun. I loved it. and. But then I, I don't remember exactly what happened. You know, probably the friend that invited me originally stopped coming and then I stopped coming. And then before I knew it, I wasn't playing basketball anymore. And it's it's crazy how that happens. And, you know, really, the reason I mountain bike and cycle right now really is 
because of Tyler. You know, it's this, it's someone close to me that loves it. And so I think, man, he loves it so much. I should too. And so, so I've mountain biked for a number of years as well. And it's, it's been one of the types of exercise that I enjoy more than just about any other as well. Awesome. Here, here's the thing I would say, and I can't necessarily speak for every form of exercise. And there's probably groups that kind of do want to keep their group specific to certain people. But as you know, for me and the most of my friends that I see us out riding, we're always excited when somebody new comes and joins us. But typically what they usually say is, is, you know, I'm not ready to your, I'm not to your guys' level yet. Let me ride by myself for a while and then I'll see if I join you. It never works because they they just don't ever find the joy in it. They don't learn about the sport and or the form of exercise. And again, this doesn't have to be cycling. But I think that's a big component of it too is when you're first starting or kind of picking up a new hobby, don't be scared to reach out to others who are already doing it. And if you have to introduce yourself or invite yourself, if they don't want you there, they'll, they'll tell you. But for the most part, people are very open to having new people come. So yeah. anyway, first words of advice. I love that. Well, I know that in my life, if I ever have anyone that is new to mountain biking or wants to mountain bike, I always direct them towards Tyler. <laughs> and Tyler is always so happy to be like, oh yeah, of course, I'll, I'll help you buy a new bike. I'll help you do what you need to do. And it's it's really fun. I think I think the, the takeaway is find people that are doing what you want to do or think you want to do and and talk to them. And most people really are helpful and want to help people succeed as well. Yep, I'm confident in that. I have my son who's just picking up tennis, He's all excited and starting to kind of network with friends. And and it's funny how quickly he's picked that up and people are inviting him. So I see it in all sorts of areas of life. He probably finds people that he didn't even know played, I'm guessing. I know that's happened with me at mountain biking. All of a sudden I show up and I'm like, hey, I didn't even know that you mountain bike. And it's it's kind of fun seeing people on the trail. Okay, so another takeaway. If you don't like running, it's okay. Don't run. If you don't like cycling, don't cycle. Don't ride a bike. There are other things that you can do that can help you get the exercise you need. I mean, this, for the record, this podcast is not going to be about the benefits of exercise in general. I think that topic is probably beat to death in the world because we all know that we're supposed to, and yet most of us still ignore it anyway. (laughs) I know we all do it one time or another because it's hard, but there are a lot of different benefits. So we will talk about some of the benefits on improving your your mind and helping you in your work life and personal life, the benefits of exercise in that way. But I think one of the keys are, and I think what we're already talking about is, man, if exercise is not fun in some way, you're not going to do it. So Tyler, what do you do to help make exercise fun for you? I mean, you cycle, but is cycling always fun? No. And, and if it's not fun, then I've sometimes said, Hey, I've got to take a week or two off. I just don't do it. You know, and I pick other forms of exercise that gets my heart rate up for me. The ultimate benefit is just the mental clarity and the, just the feeling of, you know, those endorphins that probably is what I'm hooked on the most. It just so happens to be that I do it on a bike most of the time, but yeah, that that's how I feel about it. I like it. I like it. You know, I read a book a few years ago, the book is called Spark, The Revolutionary New Science of Exercise in the Brain. And, and it's, it's by a man named John J. Ratty. And I'm probably slaughtering his name, but, but it, was a, it was a very interesting book. And he actually talks about how exercise 
can actually change the way our our brain processes work and our thought processes. And he says, he actually says this in the book, he says, it turns out that moving our muscles produces proteins that travel through the bloodstream and into the brain, where they play pivotal roles in the mechanisms of our highest thought processes. And that's a lot of fancy words to say that it's proven that exercise does in fact help our thought process, help us think more clearly. I know I have found that just like Tyler said, he's found that I have found that in my life, man, I just think more clearly when I've moved my body and exercised. I like to do it in the morning because I find that it kind of helps me throughout the day, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's very interesting. So, so can I interject real quick? Oh, please do. Yeah. You know, just something that uh, building off of that, uh, because I have found the benefit. That's probably why in my work life, whenever whenever I'm with people that I'm leading, as I notice that they're maybe getting sluggish in their job or they're actually finding job dissatisfaction, I will act, I'll, I'll kind of go there with it. And again, it's not an interrogation on whether they're keeping their exercise goals, but it's more asking them how is their, you know, balance of working hard as well as playing hard. And are they getting some exercise to kind of just get their blood flowing and, and get their mind off of work? And I found that actually is a real problem sometimes when we're getting stressed, when we find that we're not liking our job, there's typically an imbalance or a lack of focus or attention to this exercise that you're talking about. So anyway, I just want to throw that out there. I love it. No, that's a very good point because, you know, one of the things we talk about on this podcast is, you know, a lot of people will say work-life balance and I'm real big on work-life harmony, right? Meaning a little less about set different times in life. Work will take more time. Family will take more time. Other parts of our life will take more time. And so there is a harmony that has to take place. And man, when you're out of whack on your exercise, it really impacts the other parts in a big way. And I've, I know I found that to be true in, in my life. You know, one of the funny things is one of the most popular shirts I ever had made for my work was one that said, work hard, play hard. And I give it out to a number of people that I worked with directly, but all of them had their respective groups that they led. And they ended up taking that same phrase and even the same logo and putting it on their facility and company shirts so that they could share it with their staff. And, and during that year, you know, they even had, I remember specifically, it stands out in my mind is they did like a plank off at one of the places and they, in the workplace, they all had goals to see who could do the longest plank. And so they had like 30 or 60 days to be able to build up and do planks. And I think that was just an element of, again, building this culture of work hard, play hard. And it's not a bad thing. We almost feel guilty as adults doing that, but that's the benefit of being an adult is we can work hard and play hard. And if we're not, we're missing out on the fun part of being an adult. So true. So true. I love those kind of things at work. Having your work helps support the healthy habits, right? A number of years ago, I had a group of my managers and we had kind of a special goal system that we did with our managers and and they had little goal sprints every 6 months that they had to do and it was pretty fun because it was part work goals mostly work goals but there were there was an element of a personal goal or two for personal improvement for the person and they got to choose whatever it is i i did not determine what they did but i did require that it be you know specific and measurable and and everything that way they had to report back that they were doing that and that actually impacted what they were paid. And so it was kind of a fun thing. They enjoyed it and, and we enjoyed it. It gave kind of that external accountability. And so I had several employees that actually did health-related goals. 
And so they said, Hey, I want to, you know, I want to run or I want to exercise so many days a week. I had one guy in particular that even said, he's like, I want to have a defined six pack that you can see after six months. And I'm like, okay, are you sure you don't want to like have some other type of goal? He's like, no, that is what I want. And I said, okay, let's do it. I said, but how are you going to measure this? He said, I'm going to take a picture. And, and, and so it's like, all right, let's do it. I mean, this guy, he totally, he busted his tail off for six months. And I'm telling you at the end, he had a defined six pack and it was not Photoshopped. It was real deal. So I just thought that was pretty fun that he was so motivated to make it happen. And that external accountability really helped him. That is so cool. And I'm sure during the process, he probably eliminated some unhealthy habits and developed some really good habits. And so again, life-changing by setting a goal and it was work-oriented. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Pretty fun. I love it. How else have you seen being able to help benefit employees in the workplace? You know, one of the ones that I've seen happen, maybe just a couple ideas. One, a lot of companies have gym memberships because as we're talking, I think most companies read the sciences and we all know a gym membership is something that totally can help employees be more productive and be more sharp for work. The flaw, I think what happens is when we offer gym memberships with no strings attached, and I hate to be that way, but at the same time, if there is some accountability, then it seems like the gym membership benefit will pay off. One time I had some employees where I, I we were talking and, and instead of just paying for their gym membership, which could have been fine, we basically said they had to pay for it themselves, then ask for reimbursement each month. And there was a way to measure it that they had gone to the gym at least 10 times. So that if they didn't go 10 times, then they were on the hook for their own gym membership. That in itself made it way more productive for them because they actually got the benefits of going 10 times at least. But then on the flip side, as a company and as an employer, I was way more confident that the benefit we were offering was having an impact on their life. You know, one more, you know, I just thought about one more. One other one, this happened to me when one of my former bosses, he said, if we sign up for bike races or for me, it was bike races or running races or whatever type of event that we have to train for, he saw the vision of why it was important. He, instead of saying, we'll pay for it and upfront, he said, if you send me a picture of yourself with at the finish line, completing what your goal was, turn it in, and then I'll reimburse you for your entry for that race. That was way more motivating because I knew when I signed up for the race, it wasn't, oh, you know, my company paid for it. If I get to it, that's good. If not, I, you know, no skin off my back. I knew for me to get that 120 bucks back for that marathon, I had to complete it and send a picture. Way more fulfilling and just motivating. I love it. I like that it connected you with your employer as well, with your boss. It gave you that connection as well because he's probably asking about it all the time, right? It gave you kind of that that accountability. I mean, not not that you have to have the accountability at work in your personal life. I know people sometimes get funny about that, but the reality is, man, it's a perfect person that can just ask and they're paying for it. They're willing to help you. Like that's that's pretty fun. And, and, and accountability has such a negative connotation sometimes. For this, it was exciting. And, and frankly, I feel that way because I've actually done that with other employees before. And I love checking in with them and be like, hey, how's the training going? You, you st- Everything's still going well? And you can see their excitement when they're reporting, yes, I'm right on track. That marathon's within my view. I'm, I'm going to nail it. And I'm excited being like, well, hey, hurry and get that picture and send it in. I, I think it creates a camaraderie amongst a team as well as between a, you know, an employee and employer. I love it. You know, as, as you've helped different people over time and seen people exercise that 
weren't exercising. So, I mean, essentially as their leader, you're kind of acting like a coach to them, but I mean, a little different way where you're just kind of asking those questions. So what, what do you think if you, if, so if you were a leader and you're listening to this and I'm sure there's somebody out there that's thinking, man, I know so-and-so and they're thinking of someone on their team, they probably could benefit from something like this, but how do I, how do I bring that up? Do you have any ideas? Have you really done that? Or do you offer it to everybody? Or I don't know, any thoughts? It's funny because I have offered it. I've, I've gotten in, in, uh, in front of a group of leaders that I'm with and and said, look, this year, anyone that signs up for a race or anyone that signs up for some sort of a, an event or exercise type of event that's benefiting your work-life balance, we, we want to reimburse you. Just turn it in. One facility I know signed up for a softball league. And they ended up submitting the 400 bucks and we're like, yeah, we'll pay for it. You know, so nobody had to pay for their softball league entry fees. How you do it with each individual is probably a delicate because some people could be sensitive. I think just because we do care about their well-being, it's okay to ask. Sometimes it might be one of those things that you got to check your relationship a little bit and say, okay, am I in a spot where I can offer up this benefit or, or challenge them in a way that will not, that will be motivating and not frustrating to have your boss falling up on. But I don't know, I didn't really answer that very well, but I I personally have done it and I don't know if there's a right way to do it, but I've done it and it's typically been received with with, you know, open arms and and positive reception. So basically read the employee. Yep. I mean, I mean I I know for me we've we've talked earlier in the podcast about the importance of one-on-one meetings with your, you know, with your leaders, with your employees, having that chance each, each week to sit down with them and talk with them and, and allow them to report back on how they're doing. I found that in those conversations, people will open up so much more about different things that are going on at work and even at home. And it helps you see kind of the clear picture of of everything that's, that's happening in their lives. And I think there are probably opportunities in those kind of meetings, those kind of settings where it would be totally appropriate to ask some of those questions that might lead them to realize, hey, this is this this might be something that could benefit me as well. Share some examples. I think you're right on with that. And and just thinking about my kids when we were just when you were just going through that example, I think a lot of the time when we're in a work environment, it's very similar to a family environment with your kids or with siblings whichever situation you're in, I, I think you have to read those as well. If you put yourself in that situation and if you apply those same principles to your work environment, I think you're going to get, you'll go far. I like that. Well, well, speaking of that, since you brought up kids, kids really are ones that can benefit so much from these same things. I, I know in my life growing up, Tyler and I are obviously brothers and we grew up in a household, an active household where our, you know, where our parents wanted to be active and my, our dad loved playing sports and wanted to see us be active and encourage that. How have you done that with your kids, Tyler? I know Kason specifically, one of your boys was mountain biking with us this morning and, and he's awesome. He's so good and he loves it. And now he's playing tennis. How have you helped develop that with your kids? I think we have to personalize it. Obviously my first step is always to introduce what I like hopefully some of those things and typically at least a few of those interests have each child has gleaned onto some of those but you know i i didn't play soccer that much i quit like when i was in fifth grade but i've got a daughter now that's a soccer player and then i've got a girl a daughter on the drill team in high school those are both excellent forms of exercise and getting the benefit that uh, you know emotionally and just uh, mentally from exercise and i think just being supportive of that and and 
asking questions. How are you doing? What, you know, my daughter uh, had to type up something for her drill team about what she's working on. I didn't know what it was. I asked her to show me it. Show me what you're working on so I can kind of get an idea. And just being involved that way as a parent, I think is, will help you be connected. That's great. Yeah. Let's, I, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Staying connected to what they enjoy and, and helping them find what they enjoy, right? Giving, I think exposing them to all of those different types of exercise and different types of sports. And many people don't even think of dance as a sport. And holy cow, you see some of those dancers, that is one of the most intense <laughs> forms of exercise and sport. I mean, it requires an intense level of stamina and you have to be so strong. And so I think helping our kids be able to be introduced to all these different ways to stay healthy can, can make all the difference for them. I think that is exactly what you just said. Introduce to them different ways to stay healthy. I've seen something in our grade schools around here that just says, it's like a little logo that says, just move. And I think that is really what message we want to give to our kids. Exercise doesn't have to be for, for people that are overweight or for people who are already ideal body weight. And so it's easy for them. Exercise is just moving, getting our heart rate up, getting the benefits emotionally and mentally. The physical benefits of weight loss hopefully will come. If they don't, that's okay. Because I think the, the parts of our body that you can't see, the organs and, and the mind, those are the beneficiaries of us just moving. I like that. We're, we hear this all the time, right? People say, well, don't worry about the scale quite so much and don't do this. But gosh, there's a lot of truth to it. It's harder to actually believe that or to do it ourselves. But I know that when we do and you just move, man, you'll you'll feel better. And, and that's the main goal of all of it, right? Absolutely. I actually read an article this morning. You know, it's first of the year. It's in KSL News online. And yeah, we'll, we'll include the link in the show notes so that people can find it. Oh, perfect. Okay. It, it was outstanding. By registered dietitian, Brittany Polson, she just talked about actionable goals and really challenged us not to put the goals around a scale number, but a lot of actionable things that we can control. But she had like 11 different recommendations that I thought were outstanding. So I, really, I'm glad you're putting a link there because I think it could benefit all of us just to kind of reference that. Excellent. Excellent. A lot of great things today. You know, to kind of recap a little bit, if you only get one thing from, from this show today, please just get this. Find something that's fun or motivating to do for exercise. I don't know. Tyler, any other thoughts from that? That's just what keeps, I keeps coming back to me is don't think that exercise has to be a bunch of, you know, time on the treadmill you know, time out in the cold weather or the hot weather or time where you're sitting there just watching the scale, it can be something different and you can feel good and have benefit. Yeah, I think probably, and this kind of comes from Brittany Polson's article as well, but I think whatever you pick, put some sort of measurable action around it. If it's, I want to walk four times a week for 30 minutes, then put it there if that's fun for you. But just to say, I want to go walking weekly it, it, it's kind of nebulous and it isn't quite as effective. I think, anyway, that's the only thing I'd add to what you're saying. Pick exercise, pick something that's fun, but somehow measure yourself. You know, we've all got watches that measure our steps. I personally feel like if we can just raise our heart rate. So if you have something that just ensures that you're raising your heart rate, that's important because, you know, to go walking, but maybe your heart rate doesn't quite move up, that potentially 
you might be with just maybe a little bit more effort, you could be getting a whole lot more benefit out of it. So just a few things you can measure and then quantify. And fitness trackers are so cheap these days. I mean, you can get a basic fitness tracker for $20 on amazon.com. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it doesn't have to be some expensive thing to give you that tracking ability. Yeah. And most of our phones track how many steps we've gone just because they're sitting in our pocket most and it tracks that. So, yep, you're right. Okay. That's excellent. So find something motivating and fun for you so that you can actually want to continue and if you're in a position of leadership and you're able to actually help someone else do the same in a in a great way, man, do that. So where do we go from here? Find something fun to do and plan it into your day. Our last podcast was actually about planning. And if you don't take the time to plan and schedule what you're going to do, I don't think it's going to happen. I know for me, I have to exercise first thing in the morning or it doesn't happen. And I have to decide beforehand what I'm going to do or it doesn't happen. I've had times where I've said, well, you know, tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up, going to wake up at 6 a.m. and I'm going to exercise for half an hour. And if I don't decide what I'm going to do before, I'll end up sleeping in. I won't do it. And if you're going to try doing something fun, find some way to set it up beforehand. Any thoughts on that, Tyler? Nope. Sometimes that's why videos or just committing to a gym or to a friend that you're going to show up at a certain place helps the most because it just kind of builds in someone that you're accountable to. But I like what you said. I love it. Okay. Let's make it happen. Thanks for joining us today and we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining me on this week's episode of the Flavor of Leadership podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at flavoroflearership.com. Thanks for listening.